Hi, this is Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Today is May the 3rd, 2022, and this is Q&A for my virtual Facebook coaching group number 90. So this is 90 weeks of Q&A. So today I want to touch on a couple personal things before I get into the topic. The topic today is uh, one I think you're going to really like and get things out of. So have pen and paper nearby and make some notes. Um, The topic today is going to be why details matter. And it's going to be talking a lot about the timing and feel and position and and tune-ups and you know and also about going for it and um and you know when to back off and when to add so i think the topic will be of interest to you today but before we get started i just want to say that this program that i developed i'm able to keep the price cheap of 15 dollars a month or only 150 a year for the group members, because I'm able to coach a hundred people at one time. Um, I will say that uh, others like Fallon Taylor, if they do a a review for you in slow motion, one-on-one, it's a hundred dollars. You know, those, those ladies out there, um, the one that makes bits, Kendra and stuff, they charge a lot of money for just one-on-one, um, one video critique. Um, it's a lot. So my, what I do for you guys is I do video reviews for you and some of you don't send me any and, and you still stay in the group and have been in the group forever. Um, but I, I don't mind doing one a week for everybody. There's some of you in the group that have two or three horses and might send them to me every single week and you're really getting bang for your buck. So what I'm trying to say to everybody is that um, there's more than just the video reviews in this group that you can um, take advantage of. There are the skill and mindset challenges. There's the 150 video training tips at the members only website. Um, I put video tips in the group every week to be helpful for you. So I really feel like I give you a lot every month, but I've recently had a couple people not happy with a couple things and I want to tell you that it hurts my feelings to let you down. I never want to let anyone in the group down. Um, So first of all, if anybody, um, you know, is felt disappointed in their slow play reviews lately, um, please communicate that with me. And you have my sincerest apologies if that's the case. I will tell you that this last month has been a challenge for me. Um, My hip pain has gotten uh, 10 times worse. And um, this year I had a goal to get Rocky and Briscoe back on the pattern. And I've been pushing myself to get in shape and compete on them. So loping barrels and such. Um, I've had a couple issues. I came off Briscoe one day and Rocky tipped me over one day, run me over one day. Um, Just stuff. And my tips got worse. So I went back to the doctor and they found I actually have a fracture in my femoral neck and a cyst in my acetabulum. I can't even say that right. So I have a lot more hip pain right now. So I'm meeting with an orthopedic doctor between my May and June clinics and find out what he wants to do. Most likely it's surgery that I've been putting off and saving for for the last two years. I finally have the money for it and um, I've got my son said he'd come home and help me out with the horses until, you know, I can get back on my feet. 
So with that, and I also had a lame horse um, this past week that stressed me out. She's having from some front hoof pain, um, sister. And then, of course, my two dogs are 13 and um, hobos got cancer and hunters got congestive heart failure and they may only have a few months left and they have more bad days than good lately and it's just really been challenging. Um, not making excuses for anything. I just want you to know that I'm human as well. So if ever I let you down, it's not that I'm frustrated with you or being impatient with you or not wanting to help you. Um, I just may not be 100% aware of what you're going through or what your needs are. Um, my uh, Also, I'm switching apps from Coaches Eye to Coaches Now, and I had a few internet issues. I'm still figuring out how to use the new app. So I'm alternating between the both the apps because I'm finding it takes longer uh, for the new app to download. And um, sometimes when I send it to you, it was only sending partials because um, of the internet issues. So if you ever get a video that's only half and I just stop talking in the middle of it without saying, you know, closing something, um, there's a very good chance that it's a mess up. So please send it back to me or let me know. Don't send it back to me. Let me know that it didn't work and I'll try to reload it and send it back to you. I mean, um, so I'm not, again, making excuses. I just want you to know, like you, I have things going on in my life sometimes that gets kind of hectic. Um, I have three goals for you guys, um, every each and every one of you. And I'm sorry if I haven't met all three goals um, with each one of you. But my three goals are I want to, every time you send me a video or ask me questions, I want to sincerely listen and be a cheerleader to you because I realize that you're already hard enough on yourself and you're looking for me for confidence and and ideas on improvement. Um, I need to offer you tips on each run as well. And I also need to offer you tune-ups on what to do between your runs. And those are the three things I'm always wanting to do. So if I don't come off positive to you or I don't offer you tips in your run or tune-ups to do, um, please, you know, let me know that you're looking for that. When you send me your videos, try to get them taken by first or second barrel because then I can see your cues better. Also, um, when you send me the video, uh, if you could give me a few words about the run, like maybe what the fast time was, what your time was, um, how you felt your horse behaved in the alleyway or during the run or, or um, anything you're feeling about your run. Um, that just helps me what I should watch for and look for. Um, you don't have to, but it is helpful for me to really do my job well for you. So um, I would also recommend that you take um, the the tips that I do offer you and, um, and apply them. So I'm going to go ahead and um, get right into the questions because that's one of the comments that I'm going to make today. And... Um, so I just want you to know that, uh, you know, I, I have not raised the prices. Uh, the first year members, um, you know, the founding members got a special price and then I raised the prices at the one year mark. I don't plan to raise the prices again because I, I really value you guys and I want you to um, stay. I want you to use me for not only competition videos, but I'd love to see your training videos too, especially if you're struggling 
with the same issue over, you know, a couple of times. Let's go and show me how you tune up during the week. You know, show me how you practice the D pattern or single barrel or, or all lefts, all rights. Let me see your cues because you may be practicing with mistakes as well. So let me see those training videos. That matters. For those of you not competing, don't be afraid to send me a one minute video. Also, just let me know when you send it, do not share in the group if you don't want it shared. It's no problem either way. Some people are more private or only want certain runs shared and that's okay too, whatever you guys prefer. Out of 100 members, I'm pretty sure that 95% of you are happy and maybe 5% I could do better for. And that's my goal to make sure 100% of you are happy. And that's what I want to do. So if I have let you down, I apologize and I'll do better. Um, you know, it's just, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of different personalities and a lot of different horses. And um, not just in the group, but also lessons and clinics. So I'm organizing a May and a June clinic right now and trying to get to know those horses as well. So I take a lot of notes and I may sometimes, um, you know, forget little details because of multiple people. So if you can give me little reminders, it does help me. Um, I know the horses' names. I know your names, obviously. <laughs> I also keep notes on that as well. But I am human and only can hold so much in my brain at a time. So... <laughs> With that said, I'm going to go ahead and um, mention uh, on the videos that I'm working on right now and shout outs. We had one, two, three, four, five personal bests this past week, and I've added you to the personal best list. Um, I posted in the group, I'm going to do the drawing tomorrow for April's personal best. For new members, a personal best drawing is if you took your Colt and hold them for their first exhibition, or you maybe you had a personal best fast time at an arena that you go to on a regular basis. Um, whatever you're proud of, whatever goal you met, let me know. I'll put you in the drawing. One person's name will be drawn for a prize, and the prize is like a $15 value. It's one month free in the group, or a TLC cross or keychain, uh, trucker's baseball cap, my TLC training books, or $15 credit towards my Dynamite and doTERRA side businesses um, for you know holistic uh, products, essential oil, and uh, nutritional supplements. So anyways... Um, and there's more than that and that, but that's the main gist of what's available for the prizes. So make sure if you're not on that list to let me know. I will be doing the drawing live in the group tomorrow um, to, to pick a name. And I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more videos to do today for you. So if you're waiting on a video, um, I'm doing, I have to do a few right after I finish this. Um, let's see what else. Um so the first question I have before I get into the topic is I have a horse that's over bending in the turns with their face and their neck and their shoulder and butt is floating and swinging away in the turns. So um, for this person, it is a video that I did get a chance to look at. And what's happening is you're pulling on the reins in the turn. You're trying to turn your horse with your hands. So when you do that, their head and neck turns, but their body's not going to follow. So that's when you need to go back to tune up and do one-handed circles and work on the single barrel or big circle, small circle, or even the D pattern and do everything one-handed and get your horse doing circles off your body, right off your body, uh, turn off your body. You should not need to use your hands. If you're pulling the horse in the turn, you are missing steps either in your foundation or on your pattern work, 
or on your education with speed and competition. So go back to slow work um, and fix that. Number second question, um, selling horses, um, things that we should consider if we're selling our horse. Um, you know, whenever you sell a horse, I'm going to mention four things, but first I want to say, whenever you sell a horse, you lose control. And that's um, something you have to be okay with. You can ride in the bill of sale first, first right to buy back, but um, it doesn't mean those people will always do it. And if you have to fight them with lawyers, it's going to cost you a lot of money to do it. Also, you've got to be able to buy that horse back for the price you sold them, or maybe more if they're worth more at that point when they do want to get rid of them. Um, so you do lose control. Um, but the four things I would look at if I was selling a horse and I have sold two of my horses, but they're back, came back to me because I, I want them to be happy. And if the owner's not happy and whatever, I end up getting them back. And these were good friends that I did this with, but number one, be honest about the horse. Um, I tell them everything about them, good, bad, you know, whatever. I don't like to buy and sell horses. It's just not my thing. I don't, I don't get into that. Um, but if you don't be honest about selling this horse, they could end up in a really bad home or a bad future. So in the horse's defense, you need to tell them all the good and the bad about them so that they know that they, Hey, this is, you know, what I really want. Um, number two, I think it's important, um, to background check buyers, you know, make sure it's the right home for the horse. You know, the third thing is be picky. You can say no, it's your horse. And you can say, I don't think it's the right fit. You know, um, you know, I had a guy asked to buy Rocky the other day and I would not sell to him because he, the, I don't want Rocky in a cowboy style home. Not that I would want to sell Rocky, but I didn't want Rocky to do futurity or derby. And I certainly don't want him being in a cowboy's life. If I ever found a different home for Rocky, it would be a small woman who would love on him and trail ride him and barrel race him a little bit, you know, and, or whatever, but not, you know, run his wheels off or anything like that. Or a young girl that would um, take good care of him and love on him and, not, you know, again, run his legs off, but trail ride him and maybe work cows or obstacles or do fun things with him other than, you know, just run his legs off. So um, I think you have to be really picky about that. Uh, you know, and, and then the fourth thing is a PPE and insurance pre-purchase exam. So I always suggest uh, buyers and sellers welcome pre-purchase exams because the seller may not know something about the horse. The buyer wants to make sure they're buying a horse that's sound to do what they want to use with them. It's not going to be pass or fail, but it's going to be, can this horse stay sound enough to do barrel racing um, or whatever? And insurance, the first year you bring a horse home, you don't want to change their uh, diet or their routine. Um, you're already changing their owners and their herd <coughs> and their lifestyle. So try to keep everything as close to possible for them. You know, their bit, their diet, um, their routine, just try to keep it as close to what you could for that horse as well. Um, the next question is about lameness. Um, you know, what do you do if you think your horse is lame? Um, you know, the thing is, is like, let's say you have a horse in training. This would happen to me a lot as a trainer. I tell people before you bring them to me, because I usually booked out one to two months in advance. Um, during that month, before they come to me, get them to the vet, the dentist, 
um, you know, don't get them vaccinated right before they come because then they're shedding the vaccine and they're stressed and, and you don't want to stress a vaccinated horse. So, so do all this stuff at least a month or so out. Um, but make sure they're sound, make sure their teeth are done. So many times people bring me horses with, um, sharp edges or wolf teeth or, or, um, you know, just bad teeth. And, and I have to try to train these horses. The other thing I tell them, you know, make sure their feet are done right before they come in. Um, so their hooves are not going to need to be done right away. Uh, make sure that you're riding them or at least lunging them around pinning them three to four days a week so that when I bring them in, to training and work them five days a week, they're not going to be muscle sore and I have to take it easy on them. Um, so they should be somewhat conditioned when you send them to the trainers to get the most bang for your buck. But I will tell you this, sometimes a horse looks sound at home and then you send them off to the trainers and your trainers riding them five days a week and all of a sudden they're showing lameness. It's oftentimes because you didn't see it because they weren't being worked. You know, they're just out in the pasture or maybe rode once a week or just lunged or whatever. So I would find things like a hoof lameness or stifle, knee, hawk, um, back, whatever. And um, I do think all competitors should have their horse checked at least uh, once a year, maybe even twice a year by your sports medicine vet. Because like I've mentioned before, chiropractors miss stuff um, that a vet would catch and vets miss stuff that a chiropractor would catch. So um, I would definitely use both my body work person and my sports medicine vet to avoid, um, you know, as preventative to make sure my horse isn't all of a sudden um, showing something that I might miss. Um, if I felt something was off, I would certainly rest them and, and have a vet check as well. Um, and again, if a horse is acting funny, like they're being reactive or hyper or acting, you know, different when you ride them or you even um, feel something when you're riding them or you feel some heat or some flinchiness when you're grooming them or picking their feet. Um, all those are reasons to not ride that day and get them checked out by a veterinarian, a vet, a farrier or something like that. I mean, a chiropractor or something like that. So um, keep those things in mind. Uh, as far as the next question, it's more of a comment. I shared a story in the group about my horse, Belle. She's 25 now, and she was three years old when I bought her off the racetrack in Texas. Um, when I was in Louisiana, I met a barrel racer named Tammy um, Purcell Fontenot, and she was the winningest uh, women's jockey in quarter horse racing. And um, I was talking to her one day, and she was a bang-up WPRA barrel racer as well on a really cool gray horse that she trained off the racetrack. Um, this is back in around, I don't know, 1999 or 2000, somewhere around there. But anyways, um, she, uh, probably around 2000, I guess. So anyway, she, she was, um, I was telling her I wanted to find a three-year-old, two or three-year-old for about $2,000 off the racetrack because I, I would know they could run, but I didn't want them blown up or pushed too hard by trainers. And if she knew good trainers that, you know, were good trainers and kind to the horses, if she could hook me up. And she's like, well, I know some good trainers, but I don't think I can find that price range, what you're looking for. I said, well, just keep your eyes open. So sure enough, a couple weeks later, she goes, you're not going to believe this. I found this horse. She's in Beaumont, Texas. She's only raced three times. I've ridden for her trainer. Um, and I know the owners, she would be perfect for you. So I hooked up my trailer and went and I went down there and met her and I loved her and loaded her up and took her home with me. And 
Belle, um, she was raised a native in Hempen, Hempmeyers. She was the smartest three-year-old I ever met. She did ROM on the track with two wins and one placing in the mud. Um, so she got her papers, regular papers. Well, when I started her in her basics at three, um, I really wanted to kind of get her, you know, decompressed from the racetrack. So I spent a lot of time on just bending and flexing and, you know, just body control and all that stuff. But she was so smart. She could do flying lead changes in a straight line. She was just that sensitive at a young age. So at four, I started to pattern her and, and haul her for exhibition and exposure while I was competing on this other horse, Callie, I had and Buddy, my rope horse. Um, and she would just haul for exhibition. So finally, at five years old, I entered her when we moved to Florida at her first show in 2001. And she was, um, I think it was 101 riders. And she was like the 17th fastest time of the day out of over 100 riders. And it was a 2D time. And I was ecstatic, her very first time ever entering. And then she went on to be 1D, 2D, a lot of money and for the first several years of her career. But Belle was quite a challenging horse for me. We went through a lot. She taught me a lot. She was one of the hardest horses I ever had to ride. So I shared some of her pictures in there and I talked about winning ugly. You know, I tell you guys all the time about, you know, practice perfect and be smooth, get to your spots. I critique your runs and talk about hand position, body position, all that stuff. But I can tell you, if I look at a lot of my winning runs on Belle in photographs, they are ugly. So sometimes when you have a horse that has a lot of speed, you can get away with being out of position sometimes or, you know, um, not really. And she was a hard horse to ride. She was a free runner and she had a lot of um, desire to turn, but she was a really stiff turning style. And if you even thought turn, she was turning. So and with her being more of a stiff rollback horse and wanting to turn so bad, if you pushed her too deep, she would stall out and go by. If you backed off too soon, we'd hit a barrel. So timing had to be everything on her. And she was so intense that if I was really aggressive and intense, we'd end up being an ugly run. So I had to think more being assertive and doing my job, but also think more like 3D clean because I know she was thinking 1D win and we kind of meet in the middle somewhere, you know, and um, so anyway, she taught me a lot about a lot of things. She tied up due to diet. She colic due to stress. She had to have eye surgery and competed half of her life with 50% blindness in her right eye. Um, she had laminitis from a bad farrier. She, she taught me a lot. So, um, you know, I think that Belle was one of those really special horses. I mean, I did WPRA and jackpot super shows with Callie and Cash in Colorado days, and they were very special too and very unique. One was 15 hands, four-wheel drive. The other was 16 hands and just a big strided horse. And and Belle was about 15-2, maybe 15-3. And um, anyway, she's 25. She's in my pasture, retired now. But I wanted to share that with you guys because – that teamwork that I have you do is what's going to make the dream work. Um, you don't have to be perfect to win, but that's why it's important to have a fancy broke course and be perfect in your slow work, be able to do all my drills perfect one-handed. So that way when you do go for it, and even if it isn't pretty, maybe your hands are out of position or you missed a spot, you're still taking off that trainer's cap 
and hear me because this is so important and you're putting on your competitor's cap because sometimes we just got to trust the training and go for it in competition, you know, and don't be afraid of, 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 you know, being perfect out there, you know, you just, you know, go for it. And if it's a little ugly and wins, that's okay. You can win on a fast horse getting by a barrel sometimes. You know, just remember that. You can win by lifting a leg over a barrel or, you know, those kind of things. So keep that in mind also. The next thing I wanted you to know is I put another video to watch in the group as well of Rocky, my colt. Um, you know, I, I wanted to talk about some of the riders have been sending me videos where you're you know, kind of heavy handed in the turns or you're just not using your body enough. And I want you to see Rocky's videos. Um, the two I did side by side. One is his fourth time loping the barrels ever, ever in a little pin at my house. And then the other one is the first time I hauled him to lope. I hauled him before for trotting exhibitions, but this is the first time I loped him in a big, deep, sandy arena. Um, and I showed you how I rode two hands until my rate spot. And then I sat and go to the horn from the rate spot to when I want him to turn the barrel and how I keep my hand low and forward until I get in the hole between spot one and two. And then I bend my elbow and use my body to turn him. And then I use my inside hip to snap out and it's always easy in, hurry out. And he's working off my body and my voice and very little hand and leg. So um, I'm able to just talk to him easy here and he's working, you know, that kind of thing. So I wanted you to see the videos so you'd have a, a comparison of maybe what it should look like. Now, mind you, you know, I'm overweight right now with a bad hip and Rocky's only 14.3 and just a little thing. Um, so it's not an awesome deal, but it is as good as it can be for right now. But I'm really proud of him because of the slow work I did with him because he's got buttons and fancy foundation enough that he also can do all my drills like D pattern and a single barrel one handed. Um, that when I did lope him on the barrels, it was natural and easy for him. And that's what I want to stress to you. So that's all the questions I had for this week. And also, um, I'm going to go into the topic now. And the topic again is details matter, um, feel timing and position. So, um, so what, the first thing that I want to talk about is how do you correct a horse that feels heavy and pushy when you're going into a turn or maybe even a circle? Um, so there's a couple things you can do. And I've, I've seen this in lessons. I've seen it in clinics and I've seen it in your videos. Um, you're riding your horse and all of a sudden you go to go in the turn and they kind of like lean into it and push on you and drop in on their front end and, and they feel like they're rushing it and charging. So if that's happening and you're one-handed at this point because you've sat and you've gone to the horn, you can stop them one-handed by bringing your hand back towards the saddle horn, sit and say, whoa, and then back them up a couple steps and, you know, then let them know, hey, that's not okay. And then repeat that walk around the, the small circle or the barrel and then go back into your big circle or whatever, and then do it again until when you sit and you do a light, hey, easy or bump with your hand, they don't rush in, they don't drop on their front end, they instead pick up their shoulder, soften their rib, and ride their hindquarters around that barrel or that perfect small circle. So that's one thing you can do, and anytime you feel them rush, 
stop them and back them up. You can even counter arc them away from the circle or the barrel and say, hey, I need you to give me your nose, elevate your shoulder and get off of my inside leg. So that's when counter bending and counter arcing will come in handy for you. The second thing, and I do have videos on counter arcing. If you need to see them, I can give those to you in the video. They're in the members only group um, or TLC website as well. Um, the next thing you could do on that heavy horse, that pushy horse or the horse that wants to rush in instead of easy and hurry out, you can work perfect circles. And anytime they're rushing you, go into a small circle, make them think it, all of a sudden you'll be surprised you're doing a medium or large circle and they're just not no speed control, totally rushing you. Sit back and bump with your hand back one inch towards the saddle horn as you apply your seat with give and take pressure, hand and seat, bump, release, bump, release every eighth or quarter of a turn. And then if they're not backing off in that big circle, do a small circle and do maybe three or four sets, big, small, big, small. And all of a sudden you'll be surprised their lungs start telling their brain, you know what, this is bad idea. You need to start paying attention so we can be done. And then the first time that they give you a halfway decent, easy in small circle, and, and then they, you know, pay attention and stay slow and correct in the small circle, then you're going to stop and pet them when you go out to your big circle or, you know, when you leave the barrel. And, um, and that will be their reward for listening. So those are two things you can do when you have that heavy, pushy horse, okay? Um, the second thing you can do with that horse, um, these details matter because that's something that I want you to understand. Barrel horses, it's a fast moving, a high adrenaline forward event. So whenever you go back during the week and all the advanced 1D, 2D riders, you know this, during the week you go back, not only long trotting in the pasture for conditioning, but you do the pilot to co-pilot, make sure my horse is paying attention. It doesn't have to be an arena, it can be done in the field, but these horses need to be backing off of you. When you say collect off your body, they collect. When you pick them up with your hand, they're light as butter. You know, when you ask them to stop and back up or push a hip in or pick up a shoulder, put the ribs out, they're doing it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And if they're not, then you've got some tuning up to do. So with that said, um, the second thing is important is knowing how to tune up. So, um, you know, again, go back to basics. Make sure all your buttons are working. Make sure you've got them fancy broke. Again, they can face flex left, right, and down vertically at a standstill walk, trot, and canter. You can do perfect circles, all speeds, all sizes, with nose in and nose out, counter bending. Um, you've got a loose rein woe. They can back up several steps on light aids of give and take from your seat leg, voice, and rein, bumpy releasing for impulsion. Um, they can side pass, roll back, pick up their leads in circles and straight lines. All of these things, make sure they can do all of that first. And then um, you may want to go to the pattern and haul them somewhere and only exhibition them. You know, if everything's going great at home, they're working the barrel soft at home, they're um, working, doing everything great slow. And now sometimes people say, oh, my horse has been trotting the barrels perfect for a year and they show me their video and I'm like that's not a perfect trotting pattern so if you're not trotting a perfect pattern or loping a perfect pattern it's not going to be perfect when you go fast either so that's why I need to see the training videos because 
what you do in training is what happens out in competition. So keep that in mind as well. Um, exhibitions are a great time to take that horse that's gotten hot and heavy at the shows and go in there and make them think, hey, we came here, we did slow work, we loaded up and went home. Don't enter them. Nobody likes to do this stuff. I was paid a lot of money to train horses for people to do the stuff they don't want to do, like haul them and gate them, haul them and do slow exhibitions. Um, the other thing you could do is take them to a cheap $20 jackpot and, um, and tune them up, you know, um, don't make a full out run, you know, just go in there. I paid 20 bucks to enter this jackpot and I'm going in here to get this horse at maybe half speed or three quarter speed to listen and be light and pay attention. When I sit and rate, they rate. When I ask them to turn, they turn off my body, off my voice, off my leg. But, um, you know, go in there and, and get that pretty, go into your spots, get pretty, get smooth back. Um, smooth is definitely fast, but I want, sometimes I feel like we're, some of you are capable of more, but you're just being too cautious. You're being too conservative and that's where you got to step it up. So let's say you've had some really nice half runs or three quarter runs and your horse is working. That's when you say, okay, I'm going to try to give them a little bit more go cue from the alleyway, not kick five times, but maybe, you know, give them their rein an inch looser. You know, maybe I'm going to drive them out of the barrels with two or three kicks, but I'm still going to sit early before the barrel, you know, and, and so maybe I'll get another tenth or two out of first and second barrel and out of third running home. Um, you know, pay attention to detail. Is your horse fire more with or without a whip? Are you getting the maximum fire out of your turns that you can? And are you still able to back off at the same spot or do you have to back off a little bit earlier now with the new speed? All these little details matter and that's the timing, the feel, the position that I'm talking about. You have to really analyze the little details when you're trying to shave off a half a second or a second. Um, the next thing is if they're starting to get hot, number three, hot in the alleyway, and you tell me, hey, you know, my horse is really hot in the alleyway, maybe don't run them for a few runs. Maybe just call them and gate them and do a slow exhibition and go home. You know, I've hauled horses for clients and gated them every five on a 100, 100 horse jackpot. So they just had to go up in the alleyway and sit there and relax every single time that they would have the fifth barrel horse coming out and I'd hear him running off that third barrel, I'd start leading or walking my horse up to the alleyway. So they'd think they were next, number six, you know, and hopefully I'm in there before the tractor drivers fire up, but um, usually not. But but just the idea that the horse hears another horse running and coming out fast. I just saw five horses run fast and then they got to go in there and sit and relax in the alleyway. It's really good for them. Rub their butt, pet them, tell them good boy, good girl, relax. Um, you know, and of course, get out of the way before the barrel race gets started again. So always use barrel racing etiquette for that kind of stuff. Um the fourth thing is if you're heavy-handed, if you find yourself having to pull on your horses in the turns to get them to turn, you need to go back and do loose rein riding. You need to do circles loose rein. You need to do drills loose rein. You need to get those horses backing off of you with their body, your body off of your seat more. Um, that's number four. That's very important. And then number five, um, timing and feel is something that if you, let's say you're adding more speed, um, you've got to sometimes go more often. You know, if let's say everything's perfect at home, <coughs> your basics are great, 
your slow pattern is great, then it's just time to maybe start hauling them. I don't believe you should run a horse every week, every, you know, all year long. I think they should have a couple months off. In Florida, we usually give them off July through September because it's so hot. Um, in Colorado, we give them off a, a few of the winter months because of the snow and the ice, all of that. Um, so I do believe horses need time off. They need vacations. But when it's your pre peak season, you know, your winter for the people in the south or the spring, you know, um, for the people in the winter months or the snowy weather places you might want to go in the summer. Um, you know, whenever is your peak season, if you're going to, you know, two to four a month, depending on what your horse can handle mentally and physically, um, that's the time that you'll work on adding more speed. And that's number six. Um, you know, if everything's five and six kind of go together, your timing and feel will get better the more you go. Okay. So that's after everything's great with your basics and your slow work. But then number six is adding speed with education. Um, so let's say, like I said, um, if you're making mistakes, you do need to slow down and get it right. But let's just say you're trying to add more speed to the barrels and let's say you always sat down two strides out well now with this new speed you may not need to start thinking about rate four strides out and asking for it three strides out so that you'll get it two strides out so i would also consider that when you're adding speed um, it is an educational process eventually you may only have to sit down two strides out and even think about it then if you've got a true push horse. But if you've got on a colt or a free runner, you may actually be thinking about it four strides out. And you may only have to hustle your horse one or two strides from the alley or out of your turns and then back off. So every horse is unique and different. There, We've got our go horses. We've got our woe horses. We've got our combination horses. And I've ridden just about every one of those. And um, they do take... Um, your level to a next step of your horsemanship. So as a trainer or a competitor and you're riding multiple horses, you have to keep a journal. It helps. And remember like, okay, this horse is my push horse. She does best if I do this. This is my free runner. She does best if I do that. Um, this horse is my combination. Easy to first, hustle to second and third. You know, whatever it is, you have to remember who it is and what they need from you. So I'm going to close with that. I've been talking for about 40 minutes now. And I just want to say to everybody that even though I'm human and I may not be the best cheerleader or I may not give the best advice every single week, remember, I'm only charging you a very small amount. And I try so hard every day for every month to be there for you guys. And um, if you, if you feel like I'm missing something for you, Please remember there's one of me and a hundred of you. So give me feedback, you know, ask me a question. Um, let me know what you need and I will dang sure try to give it to you because I can't help if we don't communicate. So I want to leave you guys with that. Um, I'm proud of all of you all the time and every little goal you meet is a win. So if your big dream is to you know, win your circuit rodeos or win a 1D saddle or 
whatever, if that's your big goal, remember to backtrack that big goal into a weekly goal, into a daily goal. You know, I'm going to ride my horse 30 minutes every day and, and connect with my horse. I'm going to, you know, spend an hour every day analyzing where I can improve things, whatever, you know, I'm going to haul minimum you know, three times a month to work on me and my horse and, you know, whatever it is. So just know that you can reach them. And if you didn't, if you didn't have a good run or if maybe things aren't working, just think outside of the box sometimes, you know, is it, is it nutrition? Is it care? Is it warm up? Is it mental game? Is it uh, rider's cues? Is it horse position? Is it timing? Is it feel? If it was easy to win, the same person would win every single week. It's not. It takes a lot. There's a lot of pieces to the puzzle and you have to really, if you want to get better, you have to realize that you have to work on that. A lot of people change horses. Um, sometimes it's not the horse. Sometimes it's the rider that's got to get their self to that next level. You know, so realize that too. It takes time. You know, I've got clients that have been with me eight, 10 years that I'm finally seeing them step up to that next level. So it's not something that happens overnight. I tell you what, the trainer I was in the 90s is sad compared to the person I am now with what I know. But that's experience, you know, um, experience is the best thing. It's no different than a college educated person. You have book smarts, but you don't have street smarts until you actually get in there and start doing your job that you've been trained for. That's when you get the experience. So, you know, you can go to read books and watch videos and clinics and lessons, but until you get in there and get dirty and work at it every single day and haul and, you know, and just keep driving yourself, you know, that's when the experience comes. The more horses you ride, the more, you know, times you compete, that's where it comes from. So I just want you to say, don't be too hard on yourself. Remember, this is a lifetime education. I still learn from every client, every horse. Um, we're always learning. And I listen to things and watch things that, that fire me up and get me pumped up because sometimes we can get kind of blah, you know, so I'll listen to a podcast or watch a video and I'll be like, yeah, that's right. You know, get pumped up about that because sometimes we all get a little bit like, you know, just, eh. and, and you gotta, you gotta keep yourself motivated. You gotta be disciplined. You gotta really want it. And for me, I don't want the competition anymore, but what I want is to be the best coach I can be. You know, I spent over 25 years as a trainer and a competitor. And I want to spend the next 25 years as a clinician and a coach. And, um, and that's what I want to be the best at. So I still am working on me as a hundred percent coach. And it's not easy just to coach virtually and not see people. Um, and I'm still learning to coach virtually. I've only been, I mean, I've been doing, uh, videos like I do for my group for 10, 12 years, but, I also met those people in lessons and clinics. So now I'm 100% virtual with some of you I've never met in person. So I'm still learning how to be the best I can be for you. And I will continue to do that for the next 20 years. So anyhow, thank you guys for tuning in. And please take advantage of not just the slow motion video critiques that I do for you, but take advantage of the skill and mindset challenges. There's a year of them at the members only website. Take advantage of listening to all the Q&A 
and the podcast because they'll keep you fired up too. Um, take advantage of all the video tips I put into the group. You know, and I'll do anything that you guys ask me to do to help you out. So just let me know um, if there's something else you need. Ask questions for the podcast. Um, ask for video demos, all of that. And realize I am human and I make mistakes too, but it's not for a lack of caring or trying. So I'll talk to you guys soon. And again, ride with heart and God bless.